In Isaiah 61, Jesus declared that he had been sent to bring freedom for the prisoners and to set the oppressed free. And throughout Jesus' ministry, we see his power to set free those that were imprisoned by their own sin and those that were oppressed by the sins of others. When Jesus died and rose again, he destroyed the power of sin once and for all, giving us free access to the love and power of God. In this Set Free series, we will provide the tools for each of us to identify the lies we have believed, to take hold of the truth that Jesus offers and learn to walk in the power of the Spirit. Jesus came to set us free from whatever stops us living in the fullness of God's love and power. This is the end of our Set Free series. I hope you've really enjoyed our Set Free series. I hope that Jesus has been uh, setting you free. And each week, each week we've, we've taught just a really simple way or a really simple process to be set free by Jesus and to stay free. We've talked about identifying the lie. What is it that, what's the lie that we believe that keeps us trapped in some way from experiencing the fullness of God's love and power and then taking hold of the truth so that when that lie comes back to us, when the, when the enemy wants to lie to us, we, we can take hold of the truth of who we are in Christ. And each week we've been, uh, we've been uh, memorizing some, some truths from scripture that we can take hold of to be set free and to stay free. We're going to do one final, uh, powerful truth from scripture this morning. And it's great to have all of the young guys in here, uh, for the baptisms. And so I'm going to invite a bunch of the crew from YC to come up and help me just for a minute this morning. Give them a big hand as they come up. Okay, I know it's, uh, it's hard for some of you to believe, but uh, once upon a time, I was a really cool kids and youth pastor like Ben, all right? I, uh, I had the cool haircut, I didn't have the funny things in my ears, but uh, you know, I was, I was kind of the cool cat on the pastoral team. It was back in the 90s, when any, of you, any of you born in the 90s? You were? Oh, good man. Good to, good to hear. It was in another millennium for the rest of you. But, uh, hey, look, uh, back then, uh, we used to do all sorts of, uh, crazy things to, uh, to do memory verses with kids a little bit younger than you. Uh, so we're going to do one of those today. You're going to help us reveal the truth to take hold of. And, uh, what you got to do, it's hidden. There's a word hidden in your balloon. You got to blow it up as, uh, as big as you can. Pop the balloon. Find the word. Find the word that matches your word down here on the ground. Then you've got to get in the right order. It's going to be all mixed up. You got to get in the right order and reveal the truth that we want to take hold of this morning. Two-minute time limit up on the screen. If you can do it in two minutes, Susan's got a chocolate for you somewhere uh, down the front. Who thinks they can do it in two minutes? Right, uh, let's give it a crack. Ready, set, go. Give them a big cheer. Come on, big cheer. All right, when you've got enough air in there, pop the balloon. You got a minute 44 to reveal our memory verse this morning. Keep going, Ben, you'll get there. Right now, you can just tie it up and pop it, all right? Yeah, that's the go. 
Keep going. Yeah, good work. Keep going, fight. Once you got your word, find your matching word down here. Come on, give them a big cheer. Some of them are a bit slow. Come on, jump on it. That's it. Come on, find your word. Find your word, then get in the right order. You've got 60, 58 seconds. Mate, the reference goes at the end. Just a little tip. How they go in 36 seconds. Have they got it right? I can do everything through Christ who gives me the strength I need. Philippians 4.13, 18 seconds left on the clock. Give them a big hand. This is a powerful truth. It's a powerful scripture. You might have uh, seen it inscribed on footballers' arms last night as you were watching the footy. You might have seen it on screensavers. You might have been to someone's house and you've seen this sitting on the wall. It's a really powerful truth. And I, I want us to take hold of the power of this truth this morning, but also understand the context of this truth. I think sometimes we can, uh, we can get this a little bit um, out of context as a verse. Like if I, I know, what I want us to do is to try and work out what our do everything is. I can do everything through Christ who gives me the strength on earth. It's going to push Ben out of the way just for a minute. You know, is this true? You know, I can play rugby for Australia through Christ who gives me the strength I need. I hoped that was true. As I was growing up, in my 20s, my 30s, but now I'm in my 40s, I've given up that this is true. I've, I've recognised that this is not the call of God on my life. As much as at one point I might have hoped that it was, this isn't the call of God on my life. When I sit with God and I listen to his voice, this is not the passion that stirs up in my heart. This is not the call that God has on my life. And so, you know, Jesus hasn't given me throughout my life the strength I need to play rugby for Australia. Although I reckon last night I, would, I, I, I could have helped, you know. <laughs> they were hopeless. I turned it off at halftime. It was shocking. What about I can become Australia's next top model? <laughs> Someone said no chance. My my wife tells me I'm the sexiest man alive. And I just say lucky Susan every morning. But uh this too, this too hasn't happened and it's not going to happen. You know, when 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 God formed me in my mother's womb, he gave me just enough of a touch of the ugly stick that this is uh 
this is just never going to be true. I remember getting family portraits and, the, and when they came back, the photographer said to my sisters, can I, can I use your portraits in our display in the shopping centre to advertise our company? And they were all embarrassed and said, no. It came to my portrait. He said, nothing. I said, mate, you can use mine if you want. And he said, no, we'll be right. And uh, that's, that's just not going to happen. And what about I can sing in a rock band through Christ who gives me the strength I need. One, this too, I had a crack at this. I was in a band when I was 14 called Scattered Pages. A little bit like today. I was the, I was the lead singer, lead guitarist. We had one gig in my bedroom and we never, we never got uh, beyond that. Once again, this isn't my calling. When I sit with God and he puts a passion in my heart that won't go away, this isn't it. When the Apostle Paul was sitting in a prison cell and his circumstances weren't good, he wasn't dreaming about playing rugby for Australia, he wasn't dreaming about becoming you know, Palestine's next top model, nor, nor was he dreaming about singing in a rock band, although his words have inspired many, many songs. But he knew the calling that God had on his life. And he trusted in the midst of terrible circumstances, when it didn't look like it was possible, that he could do whatever God had called him to do through Christ who gave him the strength he needed. And that is true for me and it's true for every one of you in this room. Why don't you put your hands together for these young guys and let me pray. Father God, this morning, let's pray together. This morning, would you, uh, would you speak your truth into our lives? Would you continue to set us free to fulfill the calling that you have on our lives? God, as we open your word, help us to take hold of it. God, I pray that by your Holy Spirit, God, would you presence yourself with us and would you infill us, would you empower us with your Holy Spirit this morning to do all that you've called us to do to fulfill your purposes on planet Earth. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. As I said before, I really hope and pray that uh, Jesus has been setting you free in this series because that's what he came to do. That was his calling. That's as, as he begins his ministry and he kind of, you know, sums up something of what he came to do. He, he says, he stands up in, in the synagogue and he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to give good news to the poor and to set to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus stated my calling, my commission, what, what, what I'm called to do in these next few years of my ministry is to actually set people free from the sin, from their own sin that's imprisoned them and set people free from the sins of others that have oppressed them. Jesus has come to set us free from whatever here this morning, whether it's your own sin or the sins of others, whatever in the past has stopped you from living in the fullness of God's love and power. That 
is what Jesus came to do, to set us free. And we've been looking over the last few weeks about how Jesus came to set us free from shame and from rejection and from fear and from addiction and from bitterness. And this morning, I want us to finish this series by looking at the way that Jesus sets us free from inadequacy. Jesus sets us free from inadequacy to fulfill God's purposes in the world today. You know, of all the six that we've looked at in this series, I can see ways that they've all uh, been uh, something that Jesus had to set me free from in some way in my life. But I would say this last one is the one that Jesus has most powerfully set me free from and is still setting me free from every day. Inadequacy. See, inadequacy says to you, and inadequacy makes you believe a lie within yourself that I don't have what it takes. That's what inadequacy says. I don't have what it takes. I remember as a young boy, I, uh, I, I was too scared and, and felt too inadequate to speak in nearly every context outside the home. In the classroom, teachers couldn't get me to speak. In social settings, I was incredibly awkward, found it hard to to make friends. In my head, I'm saying, the words I've got to say, you know, are inadequate. People are going to laugh at me if I say these words. So I simply didn't speak. You know, I'm still naturally uh, shy and introverted. But I'm so glad that Jesus has set me free to speak. Because I love seeing God at work when I speak in many different contexts. And I would have hated to have missed out on being part of God's purposes, that being part of God's purposes for my life. You know, I became a a young dad at 22. And I remember feeling incredibly inadequate to be a parent. I remember thinking, I'm too young to be a dad. You know, I don't have the skills to be a dad. You know, I'm inadequate for this task. I don't have the skills for this task. And again, I'm so glad that Jesus set me free from that inadequacy because, you know, being a dad is one of the things that I love the most. One of the things that I enjoy the most is being a dad to my kids. I don't want to miss out. I hate the thought to have missed out on that. You know, at many different times in our marriage, I've felt inadequate to make this marriage work. Times where we face challenges together as a couple and I thought, I don't have the strength to keep going. You know, I, don't, I don't have what it takes to make this marriage work. It would be easier to escape. I tell you, I'm so glad that, that Jesus has set me free And is setting me free from that inadequacy. Because I I love my wife. And I would hate to have missed out on doing this journey of life with her. Because I felt inadequate. I felt like I lacked the strength to keep going. And to be faithful to my marriage vows. You know when God first called me to ministry. I, I said no for some time. Because I felt inadequate. I said to God, I don't have what it takes. I've seen what pastors do and I can't do it. I don't have what it takes. 
I tell you, I'm so glad that Jesus has set me free and is setting me free from that inadequacy because I love being the pastor of this church and I would have hated to have missed out on it. I would have hated to have missed out on fulfilling God's purposes in my life. But that's what inadequacy will do. Inadequacy says you don't have what it takes. And then when you believe that lie, it stops you from fulfilling God's purposes. And I tell you, there's the purposes that God has for you. You will love it. You will love walking in his purposes. And some of you this morning, you might actually not know right now what it is you're missing out on because you haven't stepped out in faith, trusting that even if you don't have what it takes, God does. See, inadequacy says you don't have what it takes and it steals from you the joy of fulfilling God's purposes in your life. The good news this morning, inadequacy doesn't have to have the last word. Inadequacy, you know, doesn't have to define your future. You know, inadequacy does not have to be the end of your story. You see, the Bible is, is full of people. When God turned up and said, this is my call on your life, this is what I'm asking you to do, their initial response was, I don't have what it takes. I'm inadequate. I can't, God, I can't do what you're calling me to do. Their initial response, they were ordinary people like you and me, struggling with inadequacy. When they heard God's call on their life, they said, I don't have what it takes. And thankfully... Thankfully for us, we see the conversation that God has with these people. And we can take hold of the words that God spoke to them because he speaks the same heart to us. He speaks the same truths to us this morning as ordinary, inadequate people. And we see in these stories we're going to unpack this morning, inadequacy did not have the last word. Inadequacy did not define their future. Inadequacy did not stop them from walking in the power of God to see God's purposes fulfilled on the earth. And as we listen to these conversations that that went on between ordinary inadequate people and, and a God who lacks nothing this morning, I believe that we too can take hold of that truth and be set free. In, in Exodus chapter 4, God turns up to Moses and says to Moses, you know, I want you to go to Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go. Now you've got to understand, Pharaoh's the most powerful, evil despot in the world. His leadership has been marked by, by genocide and slavery and torture. So when God turns up to Moses and says, you know, go into the presence of that evil despot and, and, and tell him to let my people go that are building his empire, you can kind of understand why Moses thought, I'm inadequate for this task. That, that's an overwhelming task. You can kind of understand why Moses said to himself, I don't have what it takes. It's Exodus chapter 4. Verse 10, Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant. Pardon, it's a very English word, pardon your servant. Simply means excuse your servant. Moses is saying, God, I'm your servant, but I got an excuse not to do this. I'm inadequate. I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. 
Moses says, I'm inadequate for the task because I don't have the skills to fulfill your purposes. I'm a gibberer. I can't get my words out right. I've never been good at speaking. And some of you this morning are saying, you know, I'm inadequate to fulfill God's purposes because I lack the skills. There's a lack of skills within me to fulfill the calling that God has put on my life. If that's you this morning, you need to listen to this conversation. Exodus 4, the Lord says to Moses, Who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now, Moses, go. I will help you speak and I will teach you what to say. See, this is an important principle and I want us to get this as we look at these different stories. You might lack the skills within yourself to do what God is calling you to do, but you have a God who has incredible skill. He has a skill to make mouths to speak and eyes to see. We have a God who lacks nothing. But this is the good bit. Most of us will probably agree with that. We say, you know, God is big, God is strong, God lacks nothing. But this is the bit we've got to get. God is not only big and strong and powerful, but he's also gracious, generous and good. You see, he lacks nothing and he loves to give you what you need. So if you're looking at yourself and saying, I lack the skills, I'm inadequate because I lack the skills to do what God's calling me to do, that, that might be true. But you've got a God who, who lacks nothing and he loves to give you what you need. If you go through the Bible a little bit further and go to Judges chapter 6 and God turns up and, and says to Gideon and Gideon's hiding in a wine press. He's kind of hiding in a little brick cave basically making his sandwiches because he's, he's scared that the Midianites who are the invading army at the time are going to steal his sandwiches. You know, this is, how, this is how strong and mighty this guy is. He's hiding, making his lunch because he doesn't want anyone to steal his sandwiches. And God turns up in the midst of that wine press and says, Gideon, you mighty warrior. Gideon, you mighty man of valor. Gideon, I'm calling you to lead my army to defeat the Midianites and to set my people free. And Gideon responds like Moses and like many of us do when we hear God's call on, on, on our lives. He says, say it with me, I don't have what it takes. I don't have what it takes. Judges chapter 6, he too says, he's too a bit of English in him, he says, pardon me, my Lord. He's saying, excuse me, God. I've got an excuse. How can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I'm the least in my family. He says, I'm part of the weakest clan. It's kind of like he's saying, you know, I play for the Wallabies and we're going up against the All Blacks. You know, we're weak. Part of the weakest clan. And I'm a winger. I'm like a wuss. You know, I'm kind of the, I'm the least in my family. He says, in all of Israel... I'm the biggest wuss of the lot. I, he's saying, I can't fulfill God's purposes because I don't have the strength. I don't have the strength to do this. And, and some of you, 
Some of you would talk to God in just the same way. God's not calling you to pick up a sword and to defeat an army. But for some of you this morning, you know God is calling you to fight for what is right. There's some of you here this morning and you just know the call of God right now on your life in this season is to fight for what is right. There's some of you is to fight for your family. To fight for your family that's under threat right now. For others of you, it's to fight for your kids who have taken a terrible direction and to fight for them in prayer, to stand in the gap for them in prayer and to not give up. For others of you, you know God has called you not to ministry in the church, but God has called you into business and, and you're to be salt and light in the marketplace. And you know right now there's a challenge in front of you and it's rather than running away, rather than escaping, rather than giving up, you know God is calling you to fight for your business and to be salt and light in the marketplace. There's others of of you here and, and, and you know God is calling you to fight for what is right, to fight against injustice in our community, in our nation, in our world. You look around and when you sit with God, there's this passion in your heart to make a difference for the needy and for, for, for areas and, and places and people suffering injustice right now. And you know that's the call of God on your life, to fight against injustice in this world. But you look at the bigness of the problem and you're saying, I don't have what it takes i don't have the strength to fight listen to what god says to gideon he says go in the strength that you have go in the strength that you've been given and save israel out of midian's hands he says am i not sending you therefore i will be with you and because I am with you, you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. You see, you might lack the strength to fight for whatever it is God's calling you to fight for now, but God lacks nothing. He has incredible strength. This is the good bit. He's gracious, he's generous, he's good. He loves to give you what you need. In Jeremiah 1, you know, God says this really, you know, young man, probably the age of many of our YC guys here this morning, says to, to Jeremiah, you know, I'm calling you to be a prophet to the nations, the nations that have turned against me. I'm calling you to speak to them and to turn back to God. And Jeremiah, as a young man, looks to God and he says, I don't have what it takes. I'm too young. I don't know enough. Jeremiah 1 verse 6 says, Alas, he deviates from the pardon. He says, Alas, it just means deep sadness and concern. Jeremiah hears the call of God and he's just deeply concerned. I don't have what it takes. I do not know how to speak. I don't know enough. And I'm too young. And God is calling some of you young and old, some of you young people here this morning to stand up and to speak for what you know is right, to see our nation turn back to God. And, 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 and let me just talk to the young people for a minute. I know you're all over the place, but there's a whole bunch of you down here. But uh, you young people, I tell you, there's a call of God on your life to speak up in your generation, to not be quiet. 
when, when it seems to be our, our culture and our society is moving further and further away from God. There is a call on you young people to prophesy to the nation, to speak God's truth to the nation, to see our nation turn around and back to God. And, and just like Jeremiah God, when Jeremiah says, I'm too young, I don't know enough. This is what God says to Jeremiah. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Take hold of this this morning. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Do not say I am too young. Listen to this. Do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you to. You know, some of you are sitting here this morning, whether you're young or old, you're sitting here going, I'm inadequate to fulfill God's purposes for my life because I lack the sagacity to fulfill God's purposes. Who's ever said that? (laughs) Who has no idea what sagacity means? That's because you lack sagacity. It means wisdom, intelligence, and insight. I only found out on Wednesday myself. But some of you, you know, the problem was, you know, you know, Moses says I lack the skills and Gideon says I lack the strength. I, I needed something starting with S. And, and wisdom, intelligence. I was going to go with stage of life. But, you know, sagacity. Some of you are saying I don't know enough. You lack sagacity to fulfill God's purposes. Well, once again, you need to hear God speak to you this morning like he spoke to Jeremiah and say, if you lack sagacity, I don't. I knew how to form you in the womb. I knew how to put you together. And I knew what I was doing when I called you to be a prophet to the nations. Where you might lack the sagacity, God lacks nothing. You see, inadequacy always says I don't have what it takes. I'm inadequate because I lack the skills, I lack the strength, I lack the sagacity. It'll always focus on what, on what you lack. This is what inadequacy does. It always makes us focus on what we lack rather than what we do already have. I don't have what it takes to fulfill God's purposes in this needy world. And we do live in a needy world. Saw Tim on the video this morning, just you know, talking about the big needs in our community. You know, brokenness and family breakdown and mental health and suicide. You look around the world at, at, at slavery and poverty and extreme injustice. And it's easy to look at the immensity of the need and say, I don't have what it takes. We're kind of left with this gnawing feeling of inadequacy and this immensity of the need which paralyzes us and stops us from doing anything because we're inadequate and the need's too immense. You know, Jesus' followers have always struggled with that. You know, they're on the side of a hill 2,000 years ago and and Jesus says to them, he says, "I, I want you to go and feed 5,000 men plus all their women and children. And and the disciples, these ordinary, inadequate followers of Jesus like you and me, said to Jesus, you've got to be kidding me. There's 5,000 people sitting on this hill. 5,000 men plus women and children. He says, 
We haven't got what it takes. We, we don't have enough. We've got five loaves and two fish. They're saying we're inadequate for this task you're asking us to do, Jesus. You see, that's what inadequacy does. It always focuses on what you lack rather than what you do already have. And in this story, Jesus teaches a really important principle. He says, simply give me what you do have. And he's saying that to many of us here this morning. If you're looking at the call of God in your life and you're saying, I've got a lack within me, Jesus is simply saying, give me what you do have and see if I can meet the need. And you know the story, the disciples give the five loaves and the two fish to Jesus. They give what they do have. Jesus prays and gives thanks. And and there's enough food to feed everybody and 12 basketfuls left over. You see, right from the beginning of Jesus' ministry, he has been using inadequate people like you and me to meet impossible needs in the world. And we all get the joy next Sunday of being part of that. We get to see that before our very eyes. We, we get to come with just some simple things in our hands, some red bags full of food. And together as we bring them to Jesus and say, thank you, Jesus, for what you've done in my life. Those red bags are literally going to feed thousands of people in our community who would otherwise go without throughout the year. We get to see Jesus still doing a miraculous work amongst his ordinary inadequate people. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. Come, red bags in hand next week, just ready to see what God can do as we simply give him what we do have rather than look at what we lack and look at the immensity of the need in our community. Jesus is always using ordinary inadequate people to meet impossible needs. So you might, you might feel inadequate, and this is the lie that we believe. You might feel inadequate to fulfill God's purposes alone. You might look at yourself and you feel the call of God and say, I'm inadequate to do that with what I've got. But this is the point. Whatever God's called you to, he's never called you to do it alone. Not, not your marriage, not your parenting, not any ministry that he calls you to, not your workplace. He's not called any of you to do any of it alone. He never designed you to be alone. You see, when, when our greatest need was that our relationship with God was broken, that sin stopped us living in the fullness of God's love and power, uh, power and what we really needed was a saviour to deal with our sin, to forgive our sin and to set us free. When when the only answer was that God would send his one and only son, it's exactly what he did. That's how gracious he is. That's how generous he is. That's how good he is. He gave you what you need. Would he not graciously give you all things that you need to fulfill God's purposes? He never called you to do life alone. Because of your faith in Christ, you're invited in to an intimate relationship with the heavenly father who is gracious and generous and good. And he loves to give you every that you need you see if you're looking at what God's called you to and you're saying I lack the skills I'm inadequate because I lack the skills you see God is a God who is able to make mouths to speak and eyes to see he lacks nothing 
And he loves to give you the skills that you need. If you're looking at the fight that God is calling you to in your family, in our community, in, in our world, to stand up for injustice, and you're saying, I lack the strength to do that. We, we have a God who, who is able to defeat mighty armies. He's strong enough to defeat mighty armies with a bunch of little weirdos led by a wuss named Gideon. And, and God has got the strength to give you to fight for your family, to fight against injustice, to fight for your marriage. And he loves to give you the strength that you need. You see, if you're looking at the call of God on your life, whether you're a young person here this morning or you're an old person here this morning, and there's a passion in your heart to do something unique to serve God's purposes in this generation. And you're saying, I don't know enough. I don't have the wisdom. I don't have the intelligence. I don't have the insight. Maybe one of you in the whole room said, I don't have the sagacity. You know, if that's true, you have a God who able to, to, to throw all of the planets into space and sustain them there in perfect order. You've got a God who holds the whole world in his hands. You have a, have a God who knows you intimately. He formed you in your mother's womb. And he knows exactly what he's called you to. And he will give you the sagacity you need to fulfill any purpose he's called you to in this generation. Can I hear an amen this morning? That's what God is like. Whatever you lack, God does not lack. He lacks nothing. And he loves to give you what you need to fulfill the purposes that he's called you to. See, the lie is, I'm inadequate to fulfill God's purposes. But the truth is, I can do everything through Christ who gives me the strength I need. I can do everything God has called me to do through Christ who gives me the strength I need. You know, Paul's in prison. He doesn't have all the good circumstances around him. But he knows that inadequacy is not going to have the last word. And I want to encourage you here this morning, when you know the goodness, the grace, and the generosity of your Father in heaven through faith in Jesus Christ, inadequacy will begin to fade away. It will not have the last word in your life. Because God is good. He lacks nothing. And he loves to give you whatever you need to fulfill the call that he has on your life. We need to take hold of this truth today. I have strength in Christ to fulfill God's purposes. I'm going to get my uh, friends from YC to come back up. If you've been paralyzed by inadequacy in the past... It doesn't have to be your story in the future. It doesn't have to be the word that defines your future. When God calls you to share the gospel, to fight for your family, to serve his purposes, whatever they might be, whatever he's called you to, he will give you everything you need. God has a unique purpose for you, just like he did for Moses, for Gideon, for Jeremiah, for me, for each of these young guys on stage. This morning, you need to know what your everything is. What, what is the everything that God's called you to? What is it when you sit with God, there's just a passion in your heart and it won't go away? You find yourself praying about it, dreaming about it. What is it God's calling you to do? You know, when I first started out in ministry, as I said, one of the first things I did was uh, help out in kids' ministry. And we had a Sunday school superintendent at the time, and uh, she said, there's, there's, there's a rule. He says, if you're a leader here, you've got to tell the story one week, 
You've got to do craft the next week. And then you've got to lead the singing the next week. That's the rules. And so uh, uh, week one, actually, I did the story. And uh, it was pretty terrible. But I kind of walked away and thought, I wouldn't mind having another go at doing that. I reckon I could get better at doing that. Week two, I had to do the craft for all the kids. And the story was Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane. I racked my brain all week trying to think of a craft I could do uh, with the kids. 7.30 Sunday morning when I'd come up with nothing, I just went into my parents' front yard. I got all the leaves and sticks and bits of bark I could find, big, about six big rolls of sticky tape, some white paper. I said to the kids, just draw a stick figure of Jesus and stick some bits on the paper around him and that'll be Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane. Take it home, stick it on your fridge, your parents will love it. I got to the end of that thought, I never, ever want to do craft again. Can't get any worse than that, though. Next week, I'm leading the singing. I'm at the front, and we're singing, stand up and shout it if you love my Jesus. Sit down and whisper if you love my Lord. Halfway through, I mean, right at the start, I completely forgot the melody, but halfway through, I forgot whether I was supposed to be standing up, sitting down. And, and after the second verse, you know, I knew I didn't love Jesus anymore. I was pretty sure all of the kids that were listening to my singing, they didn't love Jesus anymore. And just when I, I didn't think it, it could get any worse, this is before overhead projectors and fancy screens. I had a young guy named Robbie, just stands forward for a minute. He's holding the words on a bit of cardboard up like this for, for everybody to sing the words of the song. And, uh, and, and Robbie's sitting there, a big smile on his face. And Jono, who's sitting in the front row, thinks it'd be really funny to pull Robbie's pants down while he's holding the words. And Robbie didn't know whether to let go of the words or to cover his bits up. But he's standing there with all his tackle hanging out while we're still trying to sing. Stand up and shout it if you love. My Jesus, girls in the front row crying. The superintendent at the back's got steam coming out of his I went to that superintendent and I said, new rule. You want me to help in this ministry? I am never, ever doing craft again. I, I am never leading the singing ever again. But I'll tell stories whenever you want me to tell stories. And I've been telling stories about Jesus ever since. And I still feel inadequate all the time. Still times when I feel like, oh God, I don't have what it takes. God, I've got nothing to say. God, my sermon's going to be so short, they'll be out the door really early. That's a lie. <laughs> You've got to identify the lie, take all the truth. But what I found is that that is what God has called me to do. And He does, time and time again, in so many different contexts, keep giving me the strength that I need through the power of Jesus Christ in my life to be part of fulfilling his purposes in the world today. And I love it. I love I get to be part of it. God is still using inadequate people like you and me to see impossible things happen in people's lives in the world today. You know what I want you to do this morning? I want you to work out what your everything is what it is that God's called you to do. I'm actually going to get you to come and write this on a bit of paper and it literally take hold of the truth. To stand in this truth this morning. 
You know, right now I'd say, you know, one of the things I know God's called me to do is to share the gospel with Tim. I'm a little bit scared about that. I, I need the power of Christ to go through with that and to see God do what only he can do. Some of you this morning would say, I need, oh God, I need you, God, to help me fight for my family right now. It's only through the power of Christ that I can see anything good coming from my family. I just want to run away and escape. Others of you here would say, I can cherish my wife through Christ who gives me the strength I need. I would say that's part of my journey. It's one of my ongoing prayers. God, would you just help me in the midst of this challenge we're facing? God, I believe you can give me the strength to cherish my wife. Some of you this morning, there's a call on you to be part of leading the church. I don't know what that leadership looks like, but it's time for some of you to step up and say, I'm going to be part of leading the church that makes a difference in the world today. Others of you here, and this isn't my calling. This isn't what God's called me to do, but there's some of you here that need to say, I can write songs of worship that will lead people into the presence of God through Christ who gives me the strength I need. I actually want you, this is the way we're going to finish this morning, is by a bunch of people just coming and writing, what is your everything? What is the thing God's called you to do that you know you need his strength to do? See, I believe that even though if you feel inadequate, even if you feel like you lack everything that's needed, if God's called you to it, he's a God who lacks nothing. He's a God who loves to give you everything that you need. Would you stand with me this morning? I'm going to pray for us. Come on, let's stand together. I'm going to pray for us. Then I'd like you to come down the front and you can come while I'm praying and just begin to write what is your everything? What is it that fits into this truth? How can you take hold of this truth? I'm going to get you on stage to come and stand here. We're going to pray for you. We're going to clap you. We're going to cheer you on. But let me pray. God, this morning, God, thank you for your call on our lives. Would you help us to hear your call really clearly? God, would you help us to take hold of that which you put in our heart and take hold of the truth that you've spoken to us through Jesus Christ? God, this morning, right now, God, would you help us, give us faith. God, fill us with your Holy Spirit to walk in your strength and your power and to see your purposes fulfilled. Come on, just come. Begin to write. Begin to write just one page, big letters. Izzy's going to sing over us this morning. But come on, there's a whole bunch of you just need to come. You need to make a declaration of faith this morning, just like our young people and older people declared their faith in the baptistry. This is a declaration that I am going to do what God's called me to do to fulfill his purposes, even though I feel inadequate. Just begin to come. Come on, heaps of paper down here, heaps of texters, young and old. Come on. Come on, we're going to cheer on. We're going to pray for you this morning. Thanks, Izzy. I can do everything that God has called me to through the strength of Christ. That's true for all of us this morning. Hey, we're going to pray for all of these guys down the front. But if there's others here this morning and you just say, you don't want to get up on stage and to hold up a bit of paper, but you just say, I want to be set free from inadequacy to fulfill God's purposes for my life. You say, that's my prayer. 
Will you just come and stand down here with these guys as well? I want to pray for you all as a group. Just as Isabel continues to sing over us, just come and stand down here. I believe there's there's something about walking to the front and just saying by faith, God, I am not going to allow inadequacy to hold me back any longer. But God, I believe you can set me free and give me the strength to fulfill the call that you have on my life. Come on, as Izzy sings, just continue to come. Continue to come. I'm going to pray for us all together. Come on, out you come. Thanks, guys. From the fear of serving others From the fear of death or trial From the fear of humility Deliver me, oh God Yes, deliver me shall not want when I taste your goodness I shall not want no I shall not want no I shall not want when I taste your goodness I shall not want when we taste your goodness oh we shall not want come on this morning just just open your arms if this prayer is for you you can drop your bits of paper if you want just for a minute just open your arms just say god god i believe because of you i shall not want i shall not want Through Christ, you give me everything I need. You give me the strength that I need to fulfill your purposes. Just just take a moment just to pray that yourself. Kindness in your own heart. Just declare that to God. Father, this morning, this morning we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your truth. We thank you that your truth sets us free. We thank you that your truth sets us free to be who you've called us to be and to do what you've called us to do. And God, this morning, God, I pray that you would speak freedom into the lives of people standing out the front. God, there'd be a freedom to walk in your purposes, a freedom to walk in your calling, a freedom to walk in your strength and your power. God, I thank you for the dreams and the visions that you've put in the hearts of the young and the old here in this room. God, I thank you that you do prophesy to men and to women, to to young people and to old people. You put your, your living word, your word for the future into our hearts and God this morning I pray that you would you would give these guys the strength to take hold of it God you would give them the sagacity give them the wisdom give them the insight to know the next step to take God would you bless them in Jesus name set them free from inadequacy to fulfill your God-given purposes in their lives God stir up dreams and visions within them Stir up faith, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Hey, uh, Isabel's just going to keep singing for a minute. If you'd like someone to pray for you, I'm just going to get our prayer team and our ministry team just to come out the front and just begin to pray over people. If you'd like that this morning, please just wait. Someone will get to you uh, eventually. If you'd like just to continue to enjoy God's presence, stay and enjoy. If you need to get going and pick up your kids and grab a red bag on the way out, do that. And uh, see you next week for Thanksgiving Day. It's going to be an awesome day. God bless you.